Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. And there's so much we have to cover politically from today. So, of course, we're going to stop and do none of that right now and talk a little bit about history. Why? Look, I feel like it. I'm about to go on vacation. And I'm already... I'm already missing you. I'm already missing doing the show. And so I'm trying to squeeze in as much stuff that I love before I leave. So you want to talk about you want to talk about the Grand Sasso raid? There's the fart sound for you, Chris. You want to talk about the Grand Sasso raid? What's the, what is the Grand Sasso raid? What am I talking about? Okay, so I promise we'll get to back to all the Hunter Biden stuff and blah, 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 blah. I'll get to all the politics, get to some emails, boys and women's sports, all that stuff. But let's talk about one of the cooler rescue missions ever. You just haven't heard of it because the people who did it are evil and horrible. So let's do a little pre-WW2 setup here. Did you know that Hitler 
viewed Mussolini as pretty much a hero. He looked up to him. See, Chris is surprised about that. Most people are surprised about that. Why are we surprised? Because the Italians in World War II, I I was going to call them the little brother. That's honestly, that doesn't even describe how pathetic they were militarily compared to the Germans. So they're they're both the Axis powers, them and the Japanese, obviously. But we think about Italy. Wow, look at these little upstarts. They tried to hang with big brother Germany, but this little Italy couldn't get it done. And that's true once the combat started. But it was Mussolini, not Hitler, who really was pioneering this fascist, fascism takeover thing of Europe, or of at least Italy. Hitler was a big fan. And in fact, Mussolini was flat out rude to him early on. Once Mussolini was rising to power, Hitler's very much admiring him, trying to get a meeting, and Mussolini was all, oh gosh, here we go. Who is this idiot German? Did you know that? People kind of have those things mixed up, and that's actually going to come into play for our story here. Remember, Hitler was a Mussolini fan first, a fan, like a celebrity. All right, now let's launch into the war a little bit. First of all, let's just deal with the Italian portion of it. The history behind Italy, it's long. It's, it's, it's long. There, there is no beginning of history. Many people have said that a lot more eloquently than I did. But there's no way I can possibly begin there or I even have time to do so tonight. Just know they were going through it as much of Europe was at this time. Who are we? What do we want to be? Do we want to be this? Do we want to be that? Eventually, Mussolini and his fascists, they take over Italy. All right, so there's that. Mussolini sees himself as a conqueror, really sold himself as a Roman conqueror. I am not Italian. Yes, I take special pleasure in making fun of them, but that's just because I actually adore them, and so many of my friends are Italian people. are They're different, and they're awesome, and their food is really good. And they're very proud. I don't know. I don't have a single Italian friend who isn't very proud of Italy's history. And you would be too. We're proud of our history, aren't we? And we do have a cool history. I'm not being dismissive of it, but the revolution and the the World War II and all these things. Imagine if the Roman friggin' empire was part of your nation's history. You think you might look back on that every now and then? Okay, well, that's how Mussolini saw himself. Here was a problem with that for Mussolini. Mussolini, Italy, they didn't have the money to become a military juggernaut. And this is the part of military matters we don't like to discuss very often because we like to discuss military matters in ways like uh, bravery, courage. He would never quit attitude. And don't get me wrong, those things are wonderful and they're very, very important. You know what's more important? Gigantic bombs you can drop on people and level. That's important. Planes, battleships, aircraft carriers, bullets, medical supplies, food, armies, large ones, especially advanced ones, cost a fortune. It is, it is not just now. It has always been one of the most expensive things, building and maintaining an army, especially while it's in combat. Chris asked how Germany did. Well, understand this about Europe. This is an important thing to understand now and then. Italy's budget, their military budget back then, uh, I haven't done this in a while, so I'm going to forget the number, but it was six or 700 million right around then. That was 
That was Italy's military budget. That was 10% of Germany's military budget. That's the difference in the two nations. And the difference is, Chris, everybody should understand, and I'm no expert on European economies and whatnot. I just know a bit about a bit. Germany has always been the economic juggernaut of Europe. They just have a wealth of resources in that nation. They have always been a financial juggernaut. Always. If you if you were if you wanted to build a big economy and you could pick any European country you wanted, it would be Germany and second place would not even be close. It would not even be close. You would pick Germany's for not just what it is, for its potential, because at its height, Germany can just churn out good services. They're just really good at it. Okay. So Mussolini fancies himself a conqueror, except the Italian Navy, Army, is poorly equipped, poorly trained, and they suck. Okay, the war the war kicks off. We're not going to go into everything, but Germany eventually goes into Poland. You know all that. Now, we'll set Italy aside for a moment. Let's talk about the German Luftwaffe. That's the German Air Force, the Luftwaffe. It was headed by, uh, I usually don't give out names, but Goering, Hermann Goering is a name you should know. He was a World War I hero, and Hitler used him to help his own popularity, to help his Nazis gain power. Goering was essentially a celebrity in Germany because of his World War I hero status. Hitler used that to help rise to power in Germany. Goering was put in charge of the Luftwaffe. And the Luftwaffe, yes, very accomplished, of course, dive bomb in Poland, very accomplished in France, but runs into not just a failure, an embarrassing failure in the Battle of Britain. You know the story. Germany decides they're going to invade Britain. They want to bomb Britain to dust. They start sending all these planes over there to accomplish this. And the Royal Air Force, the, the British Air Force, just beats them, just kicks the crap out of them. And on paper, really shouldn't have, but had some real advantages, radar and other things, but ends up beating them. Okay, so the German Air Force has had some, some things that didn't go well. But they began to experiment with something. It wasn't just us that we were exp- was experimenting with this concept. What if we dropped troops from planes? Lots of them. What if we started using gliders? We have these planes. We have these gliders. What if we start doing these things? Now back to Italy. Italy is part of their as part of their Roman conquest. You know, Mussolini's this big emperor. They're going to invade Greece. Shouldn't be a problem, right? I mean, it's freaking Greece. It's not really a difficult nation to conquer. Unless, of course, you're the Italian army. Mussolini tries to invade Greece and promptly gets stalemated. To their credit, those Greeks fought like lions. They didn't have near the equipment or anything else, but they fought Italy to a standstill. They really did, and they should be very proud of what they did. So, as they always had to, Germany steps in. Germany steps in and starts really ramping up their aerial combat stuff, dropping troops behind enemy lines, gliders, all these things. All right, now fast forward through all that, because we need to get to this, because we have a lot of politics we have to get to. Eventually... The Allies invade Italy. Now, why? Remember, conceptually, we were having a hard time getting into Europe. Hitler had taken it over, the continent, not obviously Britain, but the continental portion of it. He had taken it over, and those daggone Germans, they're known to be engineers for a reason. 
And they had a great economy, and they had a, a, accomplished a lot by this point in time. So they had the manpower and resources to fortify Europe. If you're an allied army, armies, and all the things that come with it, food, equipment, men, you need air bases, you need ports, you need ports for your ships. How are you getting into Europe? Well, Italy was falsely, very, very, very falsely in hindsight viewed as, and I quote, this is not my quote, the soft underbelly of Europe. They, of course, knew that France was fortified and Hitler was ready for them up there. But they said to themselves, hey, I'm sure Italy, with their weak, pathetic army, why don't we just go into Italy and we'll take Europe from underneath? We'll take them from the south. Except that didn't exactly work out totally in that way. All right, I will try to wrap up this history story. Then we'll get back to Hunter Biden and more history stuff in a moment. Before I do that, let's let's save a child tonight from human trafficking. How's that sound? And I want to explain really quickly how this works. Kids get on social media. Maybe your kids. Are your kids on social media in any way? Discord, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Kids get on social media. They start conversing with people and they don't know who they're really talking to. And eventually, these children will share a picture they shouldn't or something like that. And don't do that thing parents do. Never my boy, never my girl. Kids get manipulated into doing these things. The bad guys get a hold of this and boom, they have blackmail material. Now they're blackmailed for more. Now they're blackmailed to run away from home. I'll tell your parents, hey, do you want me to call your pastor? I'll show him this picture. Soon, this child is in hell. How do these kids escape? How do they get out? The Acervo Project is how they escape. How do these bad guys get busted and sent to prison? The Acervo Project is how that happens too. Support this wonderful organization and save these kids. All right? A-S-S-E-R-V-O. Theacervoproject.org. They ask for 14 bucks a month from you and me. Theacervoproject.org. Hang on. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Wednesday reminding you that tomorrow, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse. F- almost called it a Friday, but it's not a Friday. It's a Thursday, but I won't be here Friday and you can ask me anything. All three hours tomorrow will be dedicated to your questions. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I swear on my life, it's mostly a political show, and we'll get back to Hunter Biden's comments from today. But I'm doing other stuff. We're doing history. We're talking about the Grand Sasso raid, World War II. Anyway, we were told that Italy would be the soft underbelly of Europe. And so the Allies land on Sicily, and that's a hard fight. And then they land, they're landing on the Italian mainland. They're bombing Rome. They start bombing Rome. Mussolini does not politically survive this. Now Mussolini gets on the outs. So other Italians step in. Mussolini, we don't like you anymore. Mr. Duce, you are officially under arrest. Now is when we get to the Grand Sasso raid part of this. Okay, so they arrest Mussolini. Also during this time, they, assi- uh, they, they sign an armistice. What is the armistice? It's Italy surrendering to the Allies. They, they essentially arrest Mussolini and put him off to the side. And then Italy comes to us 
and they say, hey, our bad. Sorry about this whole World War II thing. This didn't work out. Uh, we would love to join you guys now. We needed Italy. We needed Italy for many different reasons, but we really needed it, as I just described, because it was an access point into into Germany, but into Europe itself. We needed Italy. So we were all too happy to sign this armistice. Woo, let's go. But then we ran into a problem. The problem was the Germans were on to this whole thing, and the Germans started moving in and fortifying Italy as much as they could already. And the Germans, they decided they needed Mussolini back. Remember back to the beginning of this little history segment. This was A, because Hitler wanted Mussolini a friendly face in charge of Italy, but B, Hitler was a Mussolini fan. Not vice versa. Hitler is a Mussolini fan. And the man, the man he looks up to just got arrested. Now, this is the real cloak and dagger portion of it. The Italians who have him, they are aware the Germans want him. And what they start doing is they start moving Mussolini to various different places around Italy, which brings us to a man named Otto Scorzani. You know, I don't give out a lot of names and dates and details, but this is a human being. I would recommend you look him up. Unless you're driving, look up Otto Scorzani right now. He was known as, quote, the most dangerous man in Europe. What a cool freaking name. He has this huge scar across his face. Oh, you've seen him. I'm sure you've seen him, Chris. He ended up working for Mossad, so you'll love that. But he ended up, uh, what, Chris? Was he a Nazi? Uh, you know what, Chris? We'll go over the end details in that in just a minute. But I'll tell you what, I'll get to the Mossad portion of that in a minute. Anyway, Otto Scorzani, he's in the German army at this point in time, looks like a Bond movie villain, smokes like a chimney, scar on his face. And Otto Scorzani, he gets called into a meeting with Hitler. They're all putting their heads together. Hitler, all the generals, everyone else. And they're, hey, how do we get Mussolini? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Scorzani says, here's what we're going to do. We'll just find him and send in these commandos and rescue him. It's this crazy sounding plan. We'll fly in with these commandos. And the plan is basically universally rejected by the German military command. And Scorzani's not a general at all. He's not even a major at this point in time. So it's not like he has the ability to step up and say, hey, general, whatever, general German sausage. No. Instead, Hitler steps in as the only guy who likes the plan. Hitler was big on bold and daring, which serves you well when you're invading France, not so much when you're invading the Soviet Union, but that's another matter. Hitler loved the sound of it and said, yeah, Otto, go get him. Now the spy campaign begins. Otto Scorzani, he begins the process of even finding Mussolini. During this time, he's already selecting his troops. They're the most highly trained troops he has combat veteran troops he has, and he has to find where they're putting Mussolini. So they start doing certain things. One of the things they do, and this is, this is how it works, they find a guy who has a vegetable cart. He's just an Italian dude with a vegetable cart, and they bring him in, and he turns into an informant and basically informs them, hey, Mussolini, I found him, and they find out Mussolini's there. Boom, they got him, right? Nope. The Italians catch on. They move him again. Crap, they're back to square one. What do we do now? 
They send the German Luftwaffe over various places where they know or where they think Mussolini might be being held, trying to look and see as their updated defenses there. Are there more troops there? At one point in time, the Luftwaffe, German recon planes, got shot down over where they were keeping Mussolini, and that's how they knew that's where he was. Like, Well, very clearly they're protecting something down there. Anyway, long story short, they end up locating Mussolini. You, they located him in what amounts to a ski resort in the Alpine Mountains. In the Itali- it's Italian mountains, very tall, very snowy, very remote. And this is, I just want you to think of it like a ski resort. There's one way in and out of this ski resort. I know this story is cool. A cable car. You're not driving up to it. You can take a cable car in and out. That's the only way you get into the resort. But if you're the German military, you're the German intelligence, how do you even make sure Mussolini's really there? We'll finish this story up in just a moment. Before we do that, let's do this. Let's talk about a wonderful organization. Tunnel to Towers. You hear me tell you about Tunnel to Towers all year long. You know, when, when that cop gets ambushed in the line of duty and mom, dad, they get a phone call. Hey, they're never coming home again. You and the kids, you're on your own. That's got to be the most horrible feeling in the world. And it's not as if Tunnel to Towers can make that pain go away. But they help. They help by easing the financial burden and paying off the mortgages on these homes so at least that widow isn't drowning in bills as she tries to figure out how to even move on with life. That's Tunnel to Towers. And I want you to know that's what you support. That's where your 11 bucks a month goes. Doesn't go to line some CEO's pockets. It goes to widows and orphans, and you should feel very good about what you've done this year with Tunnel to Towers. Go sign up and give $11 a month. T, the number two, T.org. T2T.org. We'll be back. Jesse Kelly returns. Next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Wednesday. We're going to get back to the Hunter Biden stuff, really, this segment. I swear we're just finishing up this little history segment we were doing because, well, I felt like it. I don't have a better reason at all. Anyway, so Hitler decides he's going to bust Mussolini out. They have to find him first. Mussolini, his final stop was a ski hotel. Just think of it like a ski hotel. You can look it up to this day if you would like. I believe it's still there in disrepair, but you can see. Remember, always helps to look at a map, and it helps to look at pictures of things. You can see this place. It is in the middle of the mountains. There's no way to get to it. The Italians not only take Mussolini there, they surround him by 200 troops. Now, this is the part, this is the part I need to explain something before I can finish up the story. Remember how I said the Allies invaded and the Italians kicked out Mussolini and the, uh, the Italians signed an agreement with the Allies? That's a very simplistic way to put it. This is what I mean. The Italians and Germans had been working hand-in-hand together. They were friends. They were allies for a while now. At the drop of a hat, this faction threw out this faction and then signed an agreement with other people. It's not as if every Italian and every German magically saw each other as the enemy overnight. Does that make sense? It's just, it's just not, it's not that way. It's not how it works at all. There were a bunch of close relationships. There were still factions that were friendly here and friendly there. So anyway, 
The Germans need to know that Mussolini's there. You're going to try to pull off a raid on a mountaintop fortress, which they were fortifying this place. You better find out he's there. So what did they do? They sent a doctor up there. The doctor goes up there, and he goes up there, knocks on the door, and says, Hey, I'd really love to use this place as a malaria clinic. Malaria's kicking up pretty bad around here. I'd like to dig in and see if this would be an appropriate field hospital for a malaria clinic. And they tell him, oh, sure, sure. Sounds good. Sounds good. Come right in. Oh, but you can't go there. Uh, you're not allowed there. No, no, you're not allowed on that floor. And the doctor's looking around. He's seeing way too many guards for some random hilltop hotel. And there are many places he's not allowed to venture. That's all the confirmation the Germans needed to know. This is where the big cheese was. They were very clearly protecting something. Now it's on. Otto Scorzani and his commandos decide they're going to launch. But how in the world do you get up to a hotel where you can only get to and fro by cable car? They took gliders in through the mountains. You load all your men and equipment on a glider. You take off a plane, a real plane with an engine on it, takes off towing the glider behind it. And then at some point in time, you cut it loose. And I know you're going to find this shocking, but the glider glides. It glides all the way into where you're going. And Lord willing, you have identified a place and the winds don't get you. This is very, very dangerous, I need to point out, especially in the mountains where winds are blowing up. They're sucking you down. They're blowing you over. It's very, very brutal. But you start gliding through the mountains. It, people ask me all the time if I could have a video of something throughout history. And there are a million things I would choose from. I'm telling you right now, one of my videos on my short list, I would like to see the formation of German gliders flying through the Italian Alps, getting ready to land on some Italian plateau, which I don't even know if I'd call it that, at a hotel. But either way, they do. Boom, boom, boom. They crash in, they land. Mostly successful. Uh, some not so much, but th th that's okay. That's not important to the story. The commandos go screaming out. Guns are pointed at everybody. And at this point in time, Otto and an Italian he brought with him. Remember how I told you it was kind of convoluted. Who was an enemy? Who was a friend? Who are we with? Who are we not? They bluff the heavily fortified Italian fortress into just flat out surrendering in the 200 troops, the Italian troops surrender. Not only do they surrender without a shot fired, they bring Mussolini out and you can look at these to this day. You don't have to take my word for it. They begin posing for pictures. The Italian troops who just surrendered the fortress without a shot fired, start taking pictures with Otto Scorzani and El Duce Mussolini and themselves, they're up there having a big photo op. Oh, Chris is looking, I don't know. There's a big photo op outside of the hotel. Oh, hey, get a selfie with me. You didn't think that was just a modern thing today, right? They end up flying out of there. Uh, in, some, in case you're wondering how, they had a tiny, tiny little plane that could only carry really two guys, but they piled three guys on it. It was Scorsini, Mussolini, and the pilot. And from what I understand, I had a hard time finding details on this. I believe Scorzani had to aim a gun at the pilot to get him to take off. The pilot said, we can't do this. We're going to die. I know he threatened him, 
look, it's Otto Scorzani. I think we all know what that threat was. It may have been a knife. I didn't threaten him with something, but he said, take off now. And they end up flying Mussolini clear back to Vienna where they both met Hitler. Otto Scorzani got promoted to major. Mussolini went on to be killed and was strung up by his ankles, but that's a story for another day. Oh, every one of Otto Scorzani's men was given a month off, a month of leave as a reward for their brave service. And that is the Grand Sasso Raid. G-R-A-N, Grand Sasso Raid. That is the story of it. As far as Chris's question goes, because I ended up, I, I told you he, Otto Scorzani ended up working for Mossad. There are a million and one theories on this. I don't really like the term conspiracy theory anymore because most conspiracy theories anymore turn out to be true. There are a bunch of theories on this, but this is what I think I know. Scorzani, he ended up getting off scot-free after the war. They thought about prosecuting him for war crimes for the Battle of the Bulge because he had German troops dressed up like American troops that was considered a war crime. He ends up getting off scot-free from that, though. Goes into hiding. You know how Israel, they were a little bit upset with the whole Holocaust thing. They they let that get to them a bit. Understandably so. And Israel decided, let's go kill everyone responsible. And Mossad, they, it's a famous story. They went around hunting various people responsible. Nazis responsible for war crimes, so on and so forth. They end up coming across Otto Skorzeny. Now we're into the real theory portion of it, but there are all kinds of things, including Mossad operatives I've seen interviewed who say that what I'm about to say is a fact. Scorzani was essentially given a choice. A, Mossad can either make sure you don't wake up tomorrow morning or you can do some of the great things you do for Mossad. Now, what did Mossad want from Otto Scorzani? There were all kinds of Germans living in hiding in various parts of the world. And Mossad needed somebody with his expertise and his knowledge of these people to help him track him, those people down. And there is every indication, including, like I said, witness testimony, that that is exactly what Scorzani did. In case you're wondering, he did eventually die of lung cancer, which is understandable. I've seen video and pictures of the man. I've never seen one where he didn't have a cigarette in his mouth. This dude loves cigarettes the way you love pizza, the way Chris loves white sauce pizza, as we found out earlier in the show. <laughs> All right. Now that is a little history. That ended up going long. I would apologize, but that would be a lie because I'm not sorry at all. I'm not even a little bit sorry. Now let's get back to this Hunter Biden stuff. This is an interesting press conference, and then we're going to get to how the system works and why Iowa won't remove a satanic display in the Capitol and all kinds of other things. Before we get to that stuff, a lot of corporations are in the news now. Bud Light's back in the news. Bud Light doing what they can to buy their way back into your good graces. Aren't you glad that you never, you never, ever, 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 ever have to lay your head down on your my pillow and wake up the next day worrying that Mike Lindell sold you out to the commies. Isn't that comforting to know you support a company that doesn't do Pride Month? They don't do Black Lives Matter. Isn't that wonderful? When I tell you to go get my pillow products, it's not just because they're incredible. It's because putting your money where your morals are is more than just not spending here. It's spending in places that share our values and support our values. 
Mike Lindell has the best towels on earth. My towels, they're 50% off. $29.98, you get a six-piece towel set right now. Go get it because they're the best and get it to say thank you to Mike. MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square and use the promo code JESSE. MyPillow.com. Promo code JESSE. Go get some my towels. More Hunter Biden stuff next. The Jesse Kelly Show. I like it. Returns next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Wednesday. Do not forget to get your Ask Dr. Jesse questions in for tomorrow. They need to be in now. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All right. Hunter Biden, we're going to get back to his comments, but formal impeachment inquiry. for. Let's just get everyone updated because a lot of people were just now tuning in. We just did a bunch of history and whatnot, so let's keep everyone updated. The House of Representatives today... They formally passed an impeachment inquiry into Hunter Biden. This is not an impeachment. They're not impeaching Joe Biden yet. This is an impeachment inquiry. As part of all this, they're going to bring Hunter Biden in because Hunter Biden worked for Joe Biden's business. Again, Joe Biden's business. Joe wasn't involved in Hunter's business. Hunter was involved in Joe's business. It's Joe Biden's business. Anyway. Now, where do we go from here? What this does is it gives the House of Representatives more power to drag, to compel. That's a great legal word. Chris, I'm going to use that word. What, Chris? That's a smart sounding word. It makes you sound smart. Anyway, they're going to compel more people to come in. They're going to compel people to come in. You have to go in. Otherwise, you're held in contempt of Congress. You can go to jail, that kind of thing. This is a good thing. Is this going to end up with the removal of Joe Biden? Of course not. Is this even going to end up with an impeachment of Joe Biden? No way. You think they're going to get a one-seat GOP majority to sign on for a Joe Biden impeachment? Not a snowball's chance in H-E double hockey sticks. No chance at all. That doesn't mean it's a waste of time, though. Muddying up your political opponent especially in an election year, has value. The Democrats did it to Trump. Why do you think why do you think MAGA and Trump, why do you think for a big percentage of Americans that has such a negative connotation to it? So negative. Donald Trump's approval ratings are where Joe Biden's are. They're awful. Same as same they're, they're both awful. Why? Because they've labeled him. They've muddied him. They partially did that through impeachment. They impeached him twice over nothing, right? But it didn't matter that it was over nothing. You don't get dragged through an impeachment proceeding and come out on the other side looking better. It's not possible. They're going to drag through witnesses and everything else, and the public is going to be treated to your misdeeds, crimes, comments, lies, doesn't matter. And at the end of it, you're going to be muddier than you were going in. What they've done to MAGA, the MAGA brand, the Republicans have a chance, at least in a small way, to do to Democrats, to do to Joe Biden. The impeachment inquiry will help. It's not going to end in an impeachment. Don't get your hopes up. And even if it somehow does end in an impeachment, he's not going to get convicted in the Senate. So set that stuff aside. There's value in muddying your opponent. Now let's get back to the language they use. Here's Hunter. No matter how many times it is debunked, 
They continue to insist that my father's support of Ukraine... Again- Stop. Sorry. I mean, we're going to start it over, but debunked. 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 This is another language item the communist uses very, very well. And it's one thing that we need to also use. Remember how... Uh, Remember last night? Did you listen to last night's show? I hope you did. If you didn't, the whole podcast is available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. No, quit. Anyway, if you listen to last night's show, you remember we were talking about kind of how the system worked, and we were specifically talking about Harvard. How Harvard, they're not stressing about losing undergraduate tuition because they have more in federal money than they take in in undergraduate tuition. The federal government pays Harvard. What does that give them the freedom to do? Then they can cite Harvard studies they paid for to prove the very political things they want to do. Hey, we're the federal government. and We want want to stop your gas-powered vehicle because it's damaging the earth. It's a national security threat. Oh, you would like verification? Well, here, I've got a study from Harvard that proves it. See, that's what they do. They buy legitimacy. That's what they do. This is what the communists have done time and time again with everything that gets them in trouble. And that's why they use the word debunked now. It's second nature to them. And this is more language you yourself should adopt. Do it with liberal Aunt Peggy. Do it when you haven't even researched it. Oh, did you hear that... that this guy, this Republican, did you hear that uh, uh, Mike Johnson picks his nose? Oh, that's already been debunked. Just throw it out there. What? No, it hasn't been debunked. She'll go crazy. Debunked is a word they use a lot. Granted, they have the freedom to use that word more than we do because they've bought all the agencies that have legitimacy, like Harvard. But debunked, great word. They use it a lot. No matter how many times it is debunked, They continue to insist that my father's support of Ukraine against Russia is the result of a non-existent bribe. Well, that's interesting he brought that up. That is interesting he brought that up. My father's support of Ukraine is the result of a bribe. Let's do rewind. I know you know this. Hunter Biden was paid $83,000 a month to sit on the board of an energy company in Ukraine without any energy experience whatsoever. And he sat on that board while his father was the sitting vice president in charge of Ukrainian affairs. Oh, by the way, sure, this is totally unrelated. This was Joe Biden from today. Whoa, hush up a second, okay? I've got one more thing to say. I've just signed another $200 million drawdown for the Department of Defense for Ukraine, and that'll be coming quickly. Uh, quick side note before we get back to the Hunter stuff. Maybe you're saying, how could he do that? I thought Congress had to pass that. How could he do that? Well, you notice what he called it? He didn't call it an aid bill, did he? Because there was no bill. He called it a drawdown. Why is it a drawdown? Because he's taking our stuff that we need and he's sending $200 million of it to Ukraine. Emptying the American military coffers. No, I'm sure he's just doing that out of the goodness of his heart. 
not because those Ukrainians have mountains of dirt on the American president. All right, we still have an hour. We'll finish this Hunter Biden stuff. We'll talk about how the system works, get to some emails, the Satan display in the Iowa Capitol. First of all, let's talk. Let's talk about chalk. Those words rhymed, and that's why I did that. I just want to be clear about that. I want everyone to know right now. What, Chris? Don't be jealous. Anyway, you know I start my day off with chalk lit powder every single day. It's so absurdly healthy. You should read the labels on chalk lit powder. I get all the vitamins and minerals I need for my day at the start of my day, and I get it every day. I... Well, if if the wife's home, she puts it in our smoothies that she makes with all the kale and stuff like that. If it's just me, I just pour it in a glass of milk. It's delicious. It's, delicious. it's a glass of chocolate milk, and I'm ready to start my day. Go get some chocolate powder. Get some Chad mode pre-workout. Get a male vitality stack, a female vitality stack. Get any of the chalk stuff you've been thinking about because it's Christmas sale time. Christmas special time. Chalk believes in Christmas, unlike Chris. Go to choq.com. Promo code Jesse gets you the Christmas sales. All right? Chalk.com. Promo code Jesse. A whole hour left. Hang on. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.